from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT is where you're listening. You're watching on Facebook, Facebook.com backslash LiveNowDT, and we appreciate you being here every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, whether you're watching or listening. You can also search Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Once the show goes live, we add them to the archives on MixLR directly. So the live feed is also an archive feed, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, YouTube, the RSS feed, and iTunes podcast will also carry the shows, over 1,400 of them for you in our wheelhouse. All you have to do is search Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on your favorite podcasting app, and you can also ask Alexa to play the latest episode of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, and she will do that for you as well. Inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios, 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York, it is now time to share the airwaves with Josh Pace. Josh Pace, a 2003 national champion with the Syracuse Orange. He's known for that left-handed floater, and the floater in general, in my opinion, that's how I remember him, wearing number five and a part of Syracuse history, uh, the greatest part of Syracuse men's basketball history that we have ever seen. And I know that it's always an honor and a privilege to have him on the show. And I know he's been staying up to date on what the team's been doing lately here, 17 years later. Hard to believe it's been that long since the national championship. So he's here to talk with us about his time, his glory days, as well as the current team and to catch us up on what he's up to lately. Josh, how you doing today? Pretty good. How about yourself? Doing well. And Josh, just to let everybody know, what's going on in your world right now? I know that you've stayed with the basketball ranks and, you know, stayed in tune with a lot of things and have helped out the uh, youth of today. So what are you up to these days? Let everybody know who doesn't know what Josh Pace is currently doing. I'm coaching, uh, right now I'm coaching, uh, actually I have a shoot around in a few minutes. I'm coaching at Western Western New Mexico University, associate head coach. This is my uh, fifth year coaching college basketball and, um, Everything's going good. I have no complaints right now. So you you look at you know what you're doing coaching right now and, and having that opportunity and what can you say about you know how things are today? I mean, obviously, since you played, you know, times have have changed a little bit and maybe some you know attitudes have changed. You have to kind of you know figure out a way to to get through to players nowadays. Have you seen much change as a coach, or how do you take it? Well, listen, I think it's a new era of basketball. Um, on top of all the, te- the technology that we have these days and um, having access to players and players having access to social media. Uh, just, think of, just thinking about when I was growing up, I mean, pretty much as soon as you're born, pretty much, especially you know, as you start functioning as a, as a one, two, two, three-year-old, they, they hand you a telephone now. So um, uh, it's been an adjustment in terms of uh, social media and technology. You know, these kids have phones in their heads as soon as they're born. So... Uh, they see all the basketball players. They see players all around the world. And, um, you know, just again, with the technology, uh, everybody has access to phones. So you have to make an adjustment in coaching as well. And I think um, that's the biggest thing, uh, making an adjustment to newer level, new technologies, and uh, the different eras. So it's a different type of basketball player these days. And, you know, speaking here with Josh Pace, 2003 national champion with Syracuse and 
uh, current coach here, as he had just made mention of the Mustangs here. To to look back on, on your time and to fast forward to now, you didn't have to worry about social media. You didn't have to worry about, you know, if you had a bad game, people going out there saying, this is what I think about Josh Pace and it being instantaneous, you know, you finishing a game in the Dome and then going to your phone five minutes after the game and having, you know, 62 notifications on Twitter alone. What can you say about that piece of it? Because you brought up technology. You didn't have to deal with it, and the players today do. What's that been like, and how do you navigate that with the players? No, it wasn't a big deal back then. I mean, you obviously know that uh, people are watching your games. Uh, we were a very popular team, still is a still popular team, Syracuse organization, uh, Syracuse Nation. So um, it's just something out to where you have to deal with it, and it's a part of the culture. Uh, coaches really can't say what you – well, they can say what you can and can't do, but obviously where we live is the freedom of speech, and you're able to get on your phone and, and look and see what's going on. And now players have to make that adjustment to know, you know, what you can and can't say, but also know that you can't let that affect your basketball game either. And um, it's a hard, it's a hard adjustment. It's a hard adjustment, and it's something that um that will continue to be in our society as technology improves. And I think um, uh, we just have to figure out a way to navigate and make it work for everybody at the end of the day. Absolutely. As we speak here with Josh Pace this morning on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Josh, to to go back to your time at Syracuse. National Championship 2003, uh, so many fantastic players. I mean, uh, you know, everybody wants to give credit to Carmelo Anthony and to Jerry McNamara, but to you, to Hakeem Warwick, to Queth Dwayne, to Craig Forth, and, and so on and so forth. There were so many players on this team that did a little bit here and a little bit there and stepped up in this moment and maybe took that charge and maybe went after that rebound and did what they needed to do. What do you remember? What are your fondest memories going back to those moments and you know, just what you can say about a team that was destined to make history that year. You guys believed in yourselves. I can honestly say that I did too because I filled out my bracket and put you as a champion, and I got laughed at for six weeks, or, you know, whatever, all the rounds that there were. From March to April, I got laughed at all the way till the end when everybody that was laughing was slapping high fives, and I went into the cafeteria in my high school, and I said, put all your hands down because if anybody's going to slap high five, I deserve it. And the one other kid that chose it, all you other people should go sit in the corner and stare at the wall. What do you remember about those moments? Because you guys believed when a lot of people didn't. You just kind of hunkered down and, and knew that you could do it. Well, we had a we knew we had a really good team, and even the year before, I think we went to the NIT, but we had a good team that year. We started out undefeated. We might have been 14, 15, and all. And then we, uh, the coach had to take care of some personal business, I think, uh, and uh, missed a few games, and we kind of lost our chemistry. And it ended up going to the NIT, but we started. We had a really good year the year before, so really on a really good team. That was my freshman year. So the next year, we said we had some really solid pieces. We lost a few seniors, but we had some solid pieces. Good, really good freshman class. Um, and we all stuck together and jailed together. It was a good chemistry on and off the floor. And uh, with the freshmen coming in, Mello, G-Mac, uh, Matt Gorman, um, we knew that we had a, a chance to be really good. And then um, once we got into the season, uh, practices and, like I said, chemistry off the floor, then uh, we all became friends and everybody, everybody contributed something. So at the end of the day, the players had to come together first. Obviously, the coaches um, – the coaches are the ones that jail the team and, you know, it's going to figure out figure out all that, how they're going to play us and how the minutes are going to be dwelled out. But at the end of the day, the players got to come together first and um, try to get a good mindset and realize, you know, what kind of opportunity you got. And I think that's what we did. Everybody did. Everybody contributed. 
we knew who was who. We knew who was going to be the star. We knew who was going to make the shots, make the threes, rebound, all of that. So we kind of got on the same page, and uh, the chemistry kept building, kept building. And by the time we got to the playoffs, we were ready to go. I finally had the opportunity to speak with Hakeem Warwick and, and have him on the broadcast. What can you say about him as a teammate and, and what he is what he's meant to you, just just who he was to the team itself and and, and who he was to, to you as a person, maybe who he is to you uh, still to this day? Hakeem Warwick is one of the most important players in Syracuse history. I just think, um, obviously, you know what he did with the block and um, – but just talent, just talent wise, what he brought to the table at that time, and um, that was my that, he was my roommate for four years, so I got a chance to see behind the scenes everything that he went through on and off the floor. I saw when he wasn't playing, I saw his frustration. I saw when he had moments to where he was he was thinking about transferring. I mean, I had those moments too, obviously. It's a part of the process, but I also saw him become the best player. Uh, Helped the team win a championship, obviously. And then uh, those two years after we won the championship, just hold it down. And we had two solid years uh, being ranked pretty much most of the year. We had a first-round exit our senior year. But um, Hakeem was one of the most important and one of the best players to come through Syracuse, no question. For you, uh, speaking here with Josh Pace, 2003 national champion, What's the advice when you look at the team now, when you fast forward? I mean, you guys, like we had spoken about, you guys believe back then that you could do it, that you could get it done. The team this year is 10-7. and They're coming off of two victories over the ACC's top six in the standings. You know, we look at, you know, Virginia was in the top six at the time and Boston College in the top six at the time in the ACC standings. Syracuse defeats them both. They get to 3-3 and on the season in the ACC, 10-7 and overall. They had a close loss to Notre Dame, a close loss to Virginia Tech, both at home. They respond by beating Virginia in round two of their matchup with them this season on the road in Virginia this time. And then they come home and they say, are they going to have that you know, are they going to be so focused on beating Virginia that they don't focus on BC and they defeat Boston College by 26 at home? Granted, Boston College didn't have all their firepower, but still win that game by almost 30. What's the advice to the team right now as they've started to win a couple games after having a, a rough start to the, to the season at this point? Well, they're playing well together now. and They're obviously building, building chemistry. Um, sometimes it takes a minute to to get to that level, I can definitely attest to that. Being a college coach now, and, uh, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen overnight, and it doesn't necessarily always happen in the beginning of the season. You're not going to have good starts. They got really good guard play, I think, from uh, from Elijah Buddy and, and uh, Gerard. I think um, there's going to be have to be some other players um, who might not necessarily be in the rotation or who are in the rotation that, that are going to have to step up and contribute a little bit more. I mean, um, they don't turn the ball. The guards don't turn the ball over that much. Uh, they have a pretty good assist-to-turnover ratio from what I've seen. And, um, so, but, but at the end of the day, somebody else is going to have to step up and they're going to need more help, regardless of if they're in the rotation or not. I think that's going to be really important. And um, but, but it's good to see that, you know, right now that this team is playing well. So Coach Beheim and their staff is figuring it out. And hopefully they can continue. You know, and you say somebody else has to step up in this. Uh, Jalen Carey has gone through injury. He's also seemingly been in the uh, the doghouse a little bit 
with with Coach Beheim. Not a lot of playing time he's gotten in his career. Uh, Howard Washington has gone through not getting a lot of playing time and needing to prove himself and also having you know issues off the court and having to get healthy and whatnot. Uh, Bryson Goodine is a, a true freshman on the team. He's been trying to find his footing. So you know as a for, I mean you are a guard forward for Syracuse. So look at these guards. Jalen Carey, Howard Washington, Bryson Goodine. What what are your words of advice to these gentlemen as 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 somebody else needs to step up? I agree with you. I don't think Bayheim could just have one off the bench. So what's the conversation to Goodine, Washington, and Carey? Just to, just to try to stay ready. Try to stay ready. Try to get ready because there's gonna be some couple opportunities for whoever it is that big. It's gonna happen. There's gonna be opportunities to where you're gonna get thrown out there and you gotta be ready to go. Or you're going to get thrown out there. You might play well, and then you might not play again for a couple games or a game, but then you're going to get another opportunity. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. You just got to be ready when he, uh, when he makes that decision. We know that typically he's not playing freshman more often than not. In this case, uh, Beheim really doesn't have a choice because he's got five freshmen on the team and, and doesn't have any seniors on the team. Jalen Carey, it seemed like last year he might be leaving the team. It seems like this year even more so to jump in the transfer portal. Do you have any words of advice to Jalen Carey who has sat on the bench and had to watch and and got taken out really quick and maybe he got a moment, but you know, he's one of the guys that Bayheim has really seemingly gotten on and not given a lot of time to. Do you have any words of advice from guard to guard to Jalen Carey? Well, like I said, just when you get out there, you know, produce and be and be uh, efficient in what you do and play. You know, try not to have an attitude. You gotta, you gotta just keep keep playing, and um, you know, keep showing that you can. You're supposed to be on that floor. I mean, I I remember back when I didn't play as much as I wanted to play. Whenever I touched the floor, though, I made sure I did something positive to the point to where I had coaches commenting after the games that you got to figure out a way to get me in the game. So, um, he just when he gets his opportunities, if he does get a chance to get in, get in there, play, be positive, good energy, have the right mentality, and that's all you can do. You control what you can control at the end of the day. That coming from Josh Pace and Josh. Finally, here I do want to give a shout out to where you're at and you know what you're doing. We talked about it a little bit at the beginning of our conversation, but I do want to give a shout out to where you are right now. NCAA Division Two with Western New Mexico University. You're the associate head coach there. What can you say about Western New Mexico? About the experience you've had since being hired and being associate head coach? Just just what you could say about your current chapter in your life. Well, it's going well. I mean, I came to a program, and um, it's about building the culture here and uh, making the program better, and um, I think we're on the way to doing that. This is my first year here. The last four years, I was at Pepperdine University, a similar situation, and um, in four years, we were able to turn that program to the point to where we made a tournament last year. The WNIT won a couple games, made it to the Sweet 16. Um, so, you know, just the goal is to keep improving, keep bringing in – and uh, better student athletes, making them better and uh, helping them move forward. So similar to what I did at Syracuse, uh, coming there, winning a championship, continuing to grow, continuing to get better, lead that program better than where I, when I found it when I when I got there. Uh, Pepperdine, same thing. So I'm looking to do the same thing here at Western New Mexico University. Uh, associate head coach, I'm, re- I'm really proud of that. Six, uh, five years in, so I'm just going to keep going. And we see we see that you know in this world that we live in today, it's about instant gratification. Some Syracuse fans going nuts right now, flipping out. They're starting to come back, but you know, th- there's a lot that's said on that social media that we go back to at one of our points at the beginning of the show as well. What can you say to the players and the coaches, first and foremost, 
about handling the you got to win, you got to win, you got to win, you got to win, you got to win because you deal with that too. And then secondly, what do you say to the fans that are so critical and so negative toward the team or any team? And then as soon as that team starts winning, they delete some of those tweets and pretend like it never happened. Well, that lets you know who's who, you know. There's different levels to, to uh, being a to being a Syracuse fan to being in the to being in Orange Nation. And obviously, you, the fans have the right to be frustrated when teams aren't winning, and you know when teams might not be doing well. And they're going to be happy when teams are doing well. That's a part of it. But you also know those real fans who are going to stick with the team regardless, winning or winning or losing. I mean, a lot of these fans have been spoiled. Syracuse rarely has a bad season or a bad start to season. So. Um, it makes sense. It's a part of it. It's a part of it, and um, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, you know the real – we know the real fans and the ones who, who stood by us through thick and thin. So, at the end of the day, that's what matters. 49 straight years with a winning season, this could be 50. So, when you talk about spoiled, Josh, I think it's pretty clear that Syracuse fans have been more than spoiled at this point. No problem. No question. No question. But it's a, it's it's a part of it, you know because yeah. uh, because has done a really good job. Obviously, he's been at that program. He's turned and built that program as a national championship. So that that's what is that's what's that's what's expected. And uh, I I don't think he would want it any other way. At the end of the day, that yeah, coming from Josh Pace, former Syracuse player, 2003 national champion, and the associate head coach at Western New Mexico. Josh, as always, I appreciate your time. I know you got your shoot around, so I appreciate you jumping on with us for a few minutes, and I look forward to talking with you soon, and and God bless in the meantime. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right, take care. You too. That coming from Josh Pace one more time here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora this morning as we catch up with Syracuse. We've we've spoken with uh, Syracuse players all throughout the week here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. We are no stranger to having alumni on the broadcast to help to, you know, give us more and more each time. And and I, I can't thank them enough for being so receptive of me and allowing me to <clears throat> have them on the show here. Really does mean a lot and goes such a long way to share the airwaves with these people and uh, truly a blessing for me to be able to do something like that. So thank you to all the coaches and all of the players that have spent time with me. You know, Sonny Spira, who joined us this week, as well as Otis Hill, Billy Owens, and now Josh Pace. Every day this week, we've had a former Syracuse player on the broadcast, and that has been uh, it's been a staple of what I do here to do things like that throughout the year, and and to definitely be able to uh, to share those with you. So thank you to the former Syracuse players that have graced the stage. 